All right. Well, welcome to the On the Ground podcast. We are continuing our series this week on singleness. And last week, we did an episode on men and singleness. More specifically, um, bad reasons guys are single. And uh, we, we just... We, we went after it last <laughs> week. And uh, one of the things we promised to do was to do an episode for the women and the unique uh, challenges and opportunities that singleness has for women. And so this week, I, your host, Alex, have invited three women to come and join us. Rebecca, my wife, Dara, a member in our church, and Carly, Ryland's wife, are all here this week with our faithful uh, audio technician, Malachi. And uh, we are going to do a, a podcast on women and singleness. So I thought that instead of me talking the whole time, I would ask you ladies some questions. And um, the first question I have is, is what are the unique challenges that women face in singleness? So last week we talked a lot about unique challenges to men. I think that men and women share a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. maybe more similarities in it than, than differences. But there are some differences, and mm-hmm. I think that that applies to the season of singleness as well. And so I thought, well, maybe we should ask some women what those unique challenges are. So maybe uh, starting with you, Beck, what do you, what do you think are some unique challenges to women in the single years? Um, well, the first one that I thought of um, just in thinking of just many of my single girlfriends um, I think that there's a all lot of single ladies. Yeah, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Anyway, um, is shame. I think a lot of people feel um, embarrassed and just that general feeling of I'm left out. I'm the third wheel um, that some of them feel, I think, because there are people in the church who have not been kind or, you know, sensitive towards people in other seasons of life but for whatever reason um, I I think that that's a problem um, that there are women who feel that they have no value without marriage Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just I I was looking in the scriptures and reading um, there's a really helpful article that I actually read by Greg Morse as well on Desiring God but um, basically he was saying how the Old Testament you really see that singleness was viewed in those times as a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, they took the command, go and multiply, be fruitful and multiply, very seriously. And it was very primary um, for the people in the Old Testament, for the Jewish people. Um, but when Christ came, he redeemed singleness, that he is a single savior, like he was single. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was kind of the first thing I wanted to say as an encouragement to all my sisters who are single is being single is not something to be ashamed of. You're not, um, you haven't been shelved. Um, And actually I had a few scriptures to read in that regard. So in Matthew 19, verses 10 to 12, I'm just gonna open it here, Matthew 19, verses 10 to 12, Jesus says, um, so the disciples ask him, or they say in response to discussion they're having about divorce, the disciples say, well, it's better not to marry. But Jesus said to them, not everyone can receive this saying, but only to those, the only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. So here we see Jesus speaking of singles who embrace their singleness for God's glory 
as eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. And he's legitimizing voluntary singleness, which would have flown in the face of the Jewish view that at that time, that it was abhorrent to be single and abhorrent to um, not have kids, you know, because the way that the kingdom was spread was through having children and raising godly children. But the Great Commission in Matthew 28 now is to all Christians, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, you know. Um, so I just think it's a beautiful thing to remind my sisters in Christ at the outset of this that the Great Commission has gone forth to mm-hmm. all people now in the church and that Christ has redeemed singleness and that they're not second rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Paul says in First Corinthians mm-hmm. 7 that singleness... It's only permissible, but it might actually be better. Yeah, I wrote that here, First Corinthians marriage. seven seven. He says, "I wish that you were all like me." Like he yeah. wishes that they were all single, you know. Yeah. And that's something I think the guys touched on when I listened to your yeah. podcast. I thought that there were a couple of things that really applied to both men and yes. women. Yeah. Um, one being, I can remember feeling like somehow being single was like being like a junior varsity Christian. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I would just insert as an application to what you were saying about um, how in the Old Testament things were just kind of different. I was thinking today about how then singleness was was a lot harder Mm -hmm. um, than it is now. Like we have so much more freedom now Mm -hmm. um, by God's grace to women aren't relegated to... um, being solely in their father's house yes. or or if their husband died like then they're no status in the community yes, exactly yes. um so i think just as a point of application like let's just be thankful yes um for the opportunities that we are we are given um now in singleness mm-hmm. and how much more can we trust god to care for us yes amen and i think that that the whole shame and embarrassment i, f- I find that women respond one of two ways to that either they say oh, you know, people are trying to shame me. I don't care. I don't need marriage. And they downcry the value Mm. of marriage. Or they go to the other side where they're so desperate for marriage. Mm -hmm. It's like the two Mm -hmm. sides of the coin. But I don't know if, Dara, if you have any... Yeah, I actually had a point about that where it's just um, about, like, battling the two extremities, like you said. um, The one end to downplay, like, relationships or emotions or marriage and the other extremity to um, sorry that's okay the other extremity to um, kind of like you said be desperate but I yes. was also thinking like throw yourself into like unbiblical and unhealthy um, like giving yourself in those ways to your emotions mm-hmm. and I find that personally I tend to struggle with the first where is that I tend to downplay emotions and it wasn't until very recently where it was through prayers that I was able to acknowledge that um, downplaying these emotions is kind of like an insult to God because in his wisdom and foreknowledge, he gave us these emotions. He created them and gave them to us. So when I say that these emotions are useless and stupid, it's kind of saying to God that, you made a mistake when you gave me these emotions. And yeah. so I've learned as a practical tip that may be helpful to anyone struggling with this is to, first of all, acknowledge those emotions because they are there and God made them. So first acknowledge them and thank God for them because he gave them to you for a reason and then 
I like to tell God what I'm going through and how I'm feeling and how these emotions, like I tell God that he made these emotions, therefore he knows best how they can bring glory to his name. And so I just give these emotions to him. And we see that in, um, I think, Second Corinthians 10, verse 5, where it doesn't really talk about emotions, but it talks about bringing all of our thoughts um, subject to God. Mm-hmm. And so applying that principle to my emotions, um, that these emotions can be for your glory. So use them for your glory. And I find that that always helps me get out of that ditch of like trying to shun um, relationships and yeah, emotions. Because marriage is a good thing. It's a good yeah. gift, right? And it's God's plan for many of his children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there is great joy. There ought to be great joy in a Christ-centered marriage. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the rut you can fall into. And, and you see that in the culture. Like I, I, was, I was somewhere the other day and heard a song playing and it was like, who run the world? Girls, girls. And like, it was just like, basically, we don't need guys. Like, we run the world. And I'm like, that's no. That's your second song. I know, that's the second song I bust, busted out on this podcast. But, you know, no, we don't. God runs the world. Mm-hmm. And he's created mm-hmm. both men and women. And we need to not, in our hurt, and as, as Dara's talking about emotions, in our pain, in our, you know, the things that we experience, you know, lash out at God's created order and lash out at things that God has called good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for that, Dara. Is there anything else, unique challenges for women in the single years? I'm sure there's um, many more than that. Um, I would say uh, a difference between the men and the women is that um, God did make men to initiate and mm-hmm. to lead in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that often leaves Christian women... Um, feeling kind of like I'm going to twiddle my thumbs over here and hope that someone will come pursue me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is a good instinct to have, is to leave the leadership um, in a relationship to a man. Um, But I would say in my own experience that that didn't look like I can't say anything and I can't indicate any sort of interest. Mm. Um, Because in my relationship with Rylan, Um, I actually was the first to indicate any interest. And I I did so not out of of a desire to usurp his his, um, ability to lead in any sort of relationship, but just out of like an earnest desire to to set healthy boundaries in a friendship. And Mm. um, and yeah, so I would just encourage women to say that 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 doesn't need to look like waiting on the Lord is I can't I can't speak or I, I can't indicate interest. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you are interested in a godly man, that might look like saying, I am interested. And in this case, in our case, it wasn't until months later that we began to date. So I, I know for sure that he did not, he wasn't robbed of any ability to to lead in our relationship mm-hmm. and he and he does lead in our relationship so. yeah mm-hmm. and i like what you said that you know the man must initiate I, I had written down the man must pursue um you know and that's that's because marriage is a picture of christ and the church and i was reading first john four ten. you know this is love not that we loved god you know but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins so god made mm-hmm. the first move you know and the man is to do the same um and 
you know, if the man can't lead in laying himself down as Christ laid himself down for his church, and it, it takes a laying down to risk himself to to initiate, to pursue, to say, you know, I feel this way about you and risk being rejected. If he can't do that before he's married to you, like just in the pursuit of you, how is he going to lead, you know, your family? Um, so I actually had written down here that one of the things I think women struggle with is the temptation to control mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. get marriage in their way and at their time yeah. and not waiting mm-hmm. on God's way and God's time. Um, and I think that that's just really important um, mm-hmm. that women fight the urge to wear the pants and take on the role um, that God didn't intend them to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so then leading into that, I just wrote down, so what's God's way? You know, and um, Psalm 37 says um, waiting, like waiting for the Lord. And as, as Carly's saying, this doesn't mean waiting to like talk to him. Like if, if you see a godly man who is, you know, exhibiting the fruit of the spirit, it's fine to get to know him, you know, mm-hmm. but um, we need to have an attitude of patience um, and let the man initiate, as Carly was saying. Like, mm-hmm. we can't usurp that that God-ordained order, um, and, and the man needs to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say to help on the practical situation, you know, you see yourself at church, single men and women in Christ are brothers and sisters. So part of that helps us know you don't have to worry if you go up to your brother at church you're you're a single christian lady you can go initiate conversation with someone as your brother what what i think is not helpful is to initiate a relationship as more than a brother Mm -hmm. that's not helpful but we have been made brothers and sisters in christ the initiation was christ he did that it's already done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's when you start to initiate a relationship um, in a different direction towards mm-hmm. marriage. But just so you know, I mean, you don't have to, you know, you could think a guy is godly and you're attracted to him and you could still have conversation with him as a brother. Yeah. And invite and men with women as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't want to, in these conversations, give the idea that the only way we relate to people is as potential spouses. Yeah. Because mm. the majority of our relations with other people will be as brothers and sisters as mothers and fathers. That's what the Bible says. So we need to learn to relate to one another that way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more like specifically thinking of a situation where maybe, because you talked about it in the podcast with guys, how the culture has moved to a place where um, nothing is clear anymore. Oh, nothing yeah. is clearly mm-hmm. defined. And every like everybody wants to, particularly the men, the women are usually the ones who are like, can we clarify the boundaries of this thing? Can we please, like, what are we, you know? The, the guys tend to often, and this is a generalization, but shy away from clarity. Well, that's just, you know, we're, we're hanging out. Like, we're mm-hmm. hanging out. Um, so I don't think it's wrong for a woman to, if a guy and a girl are, like, hanging out, and she's like, okay, this is just getting confusing to, like, get clarification on, like, yeah. as Carly was saying, like, what are the boundaries of the relationship? And this is how I feel, but the way that you are behaving towards me is not clear where we where we stand. But when I talk about waiting, like like a woman being content to wait for the Lord, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not like a passive waiting. Like you, As Alex is saying, you can talk to your brothers in Christ and get to know people. But it's waiting in the sense of, you know, in those awkward situations where you have the guy and the girl, and you can tell there's sort of like interest on both ends, but he doesn't want to step up to the plate. He doesn't want to be the one to say it first because there's a risk involved. 
you know, if I tell her how I feel, maybe she's not going to reciprocate. And then, you know, that hurts and that stings. And I don't really want to deal with it. So we'll just kind of keep things at the status quo. Um, and I'm saying to the woman in that situation, you don't, you don't speak first. You let him speak first. You mm -hmm. let him lay himself down and take the risk. Don't you risk yourself and laying yourself out there and being vulnerable, you know? Yeah, by all means, say, let's ask for clarification and be straight with him and intentional. But don't you be like, I really like you and get, you know, be vulnerable with him when he is unwilling to be vulnerable. Um, mm -hmm. And so Psalm 37, to those girls who find themselves in that situation where you're frustrated and you're just finding it really hard to wait, um, Psalm 37, verses 1 to 11, I'm just going to read a few of the verses. Frat not yourself, sister. Trust in the Lord and do good. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in an abundance of peace. Um, there's, there's much value in waiting for God and his mm -hmm. timing and not jumping the gun. So, yeah. If I could jump in to give a, an insider scoop on guys to all the single ladies out there, <laughs> being one myself, is that men are terribly afraid of failing. And one of the worst ways you fail as a man is with women. Mm. And there's, there's um, fear and shame and all of that and identity issues tied up with the way that women relate to us, whether they respond to us, um, what they think of us, that kind of thing. And mm. those are fears that men need to get over in order to be loving to people. And um, if you kind of... Basically, a man will try to get close to you without taking any risk. So typically, we will avoid risk at all costs, try to cover our bases, try to figure out as much as we can about you, get as close as we can uh, without put, like, putting ourselves in a vulnerable mm -hmm. position. That's the impulse of most men, um, sinfully and selfishly. And when you empower that as a woman by taking initiative rather than requiring it of him, you actually remove one of the greatest opportunities for growth that a man has mm -hmm. in getting past his fears and, and trusting God and stepping up and dying to himself and putting the needs of his sister before his own. Um, and that is like a built-in function to how we relate to one another. And, and I mean, I used to personally revolt against this as a guy. But one of our first conversations, <laughs> we weren't even dating or anything, was I, I just thought it was disgusting that a man should have to take the initiative. But really, that was coming from a place of insecurity, mm. of liking attention, and wanting my ego to be built, not, and just not wanting to risk mm -hmm. anything. Um, it was the most, you know, emasculating behavior. And I needed to work through that. And um, so while your impulse may be, and women tend to pity men. This is the other thing. Women are very nurturing, mm -hmm. and they tend to pity men. So it's not just, you know, the Beyonce's of the world who are, I'm going to, you know, take mine. Mm -hmm. It's also like a lot of women naively uh, feel bad for a guy. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah, they feel bad. Like, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I know, I see this is hard for you, and... And they step into that gap with the best of intentions, and it's just really bad. 
And you know where it's bad? Because if a guy won't even take the first step towards you, yeah. he will not take the initiative with your children. Mm-hmm. He will not take the initiative in your marriage. And you need to trust that, you know, that God's way is the right way. And as, as a guy, this is the best thing. The other thing is the right kind of guy is going to be attracted to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a sinful impulse in man that is attracted to... Um, what comes easy? What comes easy. Yeah. But even when you're attracted, it doesn't last. And you, do, you don't respect that. Mm-hmm. that you, desire, you may desire that in a sinful way, but, but um, a strong woman is someone who the right kind of man will like and care for and pursue for the right kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for you to um, kind of lower your guard, so to speak, is, is you're selling yourself short. I can still remember, because um, for those who don't know, I'm from Barbados, and I remember sitting on a beach in my teenage years with this single guy. He was not a Christian. and uh, You never found the body. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were sitting, it was a whole group of us. And he was trying to tell me and my sister that with this group of us that were chatting, you know, your bar for a man is up here. And he has his hand up over his head. And he's like, but we are all down here. And he puts his arm in line with his chest. He's like, so basically you're never going to get married because your bar is up here and we're all here. You just got to lower the bar, girls. Um, and no, ladies, that's not the answer. Don't lower the bar. And I remember saying to him, well... I have seen modeled for me what godliness looks like in my dad. Um, My dad faithfully followed Christ. um, And I was like, I'm not, I know that these men exist because my dad exists. Mm -hmm. And so either I will be single or I will marry a man like my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And like God answered that prayer, but Mm -hmm. don't lower the bar Mm -hmm. ladies. That's what, that's what the world will try to tell you. And that's what sad men who want an easy way out will try to tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I can remember Chance saying, he's on his best behavior now. <laughs> and it's just, it's just yes. true. Oh, like, yeah. if, if you're interested in or dating someone who's, um, who doesn't read his Bible, like, you can't expect you to get married and overnight he's all of a sudden leading you no. in devotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Or um, yeah. a guy who doesn't show up to church half the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't expect that you'll get married and you'll be at church every Sunday morning. No. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you, a, a guy is on his best behavior around the girl he's interested in. Yeah. And if his best behavior can't even put one foot forward, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So um, I just wanted to say ahead. something in line with waiting. Mm-hmm. And um, just like another challenge that I think a lot of single women may be facing or will face is that just the idea of, reconciling ourselves to the possibility that God may call some of us to longer periods of singleness Mm -hmm. that we may not even like. Mm. And of course, we are not God and he knows the future and he is a preeminent and omnipotent one. And so in cases like this, when God calls us to extended periods of singleness or even a lifetime of singleness, there is also that um, idea of so is Christ enough for yes. me or mm-hmm. am I only satisfied in him when he gives me what I want him to give me yes. and so this could be another um, area where single girls struggle mm-hmm. 
because we haven't gotten to like that point of marriage so like the future is very like we don't know the future and so our futures could mean a single life for like the rest of our lives or like an extended period of singleness or maybe the next year you're getting married so yes this is just an encouragement again that um even if even if god calls us to longer periods of singleness um ultimately our goal is christ yes. mm -hmm. and eternal life with him and marriage is a wonderful description of what that union with christ is but um we can begin to idolize that yeah. mm -hmm. and see marriage as our ultimate goal yes but christ comes first and he's the ultimate goal and yeah. whatever happens marriage or no marriage christ should always be enough for us yes mm -hmm. the aim of our lives is christ yes mm -hmm. whether we are single or married and the one thing a ditch to fall into when you're single is to make marriage the aim of your life mm -hmm. and that just that just yeah. your compass is off at that point yeah and and uh Singleness actually affords, as we transition to maybe some benefits and opportunities to mm -hmm. being single. Mm -hmm. Paul says that single is great opportunities. Being single, you could be undivided in your devotion to the Lord. That when you're married, your interests are divided. And you have anxieties, um, not about just things of the Lord, but about your spouse, about mm -hmm. your wife, or about your husband, how to please them. And so with the scriptures are really honest and really helpful about... Um, the realities of marriage, and I think implicitly the benefits singleness. So what, what benefits are there for women in the single years, maybe even some that are unique to women? Well, I'm going to read my answer from 1 Corinthians 7, um, 28, the second part of 28, and then 32 to 35. Um, so let's find it here. Those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that, says Paul. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. Um, I say this for your own benefit, he goes on, um, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Um, so I would say undivided devotion to the Lord is a unique opportunity for women in singleness. And it's mm -hmm. something that was mentioned to me in my single years. Um, but as I look back now, I wish my younger self would have really laid hold of this and understood what it what it meant in the way I understand now, now that I have a husband, now that I have children. Mm -hmm. I actually remember chatting with a really good friend of mine a few years back now. She's got two girls and I've got two girls. Um, and we were talking about what we want to teach our girls as they grow and just both saying how we're really glad that we used our single years to study theology deeply and to come mm -hmm. to a good understanding of God's word because mm -hmm. we had no idea how how little time there would be mm -hmm. later on, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so they say hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. And now looking back, I kind of like, wow, if I had known this, even I think about some of the books that I read back when I was single, 
you know, and I spent a lot of time in my teenage years on silly romance novels. Yeah. And I could have read all the classics and I could have like read my Bible cover to cover way more times. classic romance novels? No. <laughs> <laughs> classics that I have not yet explored that now as an adult, I'm, and, and you know, I have two kids now and all the responsibilities that go with managing mm -hmm. a home and the joys. Yes, there's so much joy, but there's a lot less time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would really impress upon younger women who are in mm -hmm. that season, like read and learn and don't spend your whole, your whole single life thinking and dreaming and wishing that you were somewhere else. And like burdening mm -hmm. yourself with something that you need not burden yourself with. Yes. Because there have been times where with having so many young kids at home, I've looked out the window to see someone walk by with yes. no no child in the stroller or anything and think, oh, I remember walking. <laughs> yeah, even a simple thing like going for a walk with, you know, just yourself and the Lord and mm -hmm. talking to God. Like mm -hmm. those those times are very few and far between. Mm -hmm. um, uh, an example of godly singleness um, from the Bible that came to me is um, kind of a minor character, um, Anna, that we see in Luke mm -hmm. 2. Um, and actually all the, all the examples that I can think of are of widows. And like I mentioned before, they actually lived much harder lives. Um, but they were mm -hmm. all very fruitful women. Um, it says of Anna that she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Um, in Acts, we see Tabitha um, when she's raised to life. And um, it says she was full of good works and acts of charity. And we also see Lydia, um, the Christian convert who mm -hmm. extends hospitality mm -hmm. um, to the apostles. And, um, like these are our godly examples that we can follow. And these mm -hmm. are our women who had difficult lives and um, who who were just full of, of good works and bearing fruit for God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that's overlooked. I feel like culturally, that's not... When you tell, a, you know, what's a woman want to be and do, so much is pushed and, like, you can do anything you want. And uh, there's been good impulses in that, but part of it is, like, a degrading or there's no dignity for a woman in a servant role. And that, that's, that's not a noble aspiration for a woman anymore because that's just degrading and not living to our potential. But in Scripture, you know, Paul um, commends women who are not busybodies, who are not mm -hmm. gossips, who don't just go from house to house to house, who don't just build up their material wealth. In fact, mm -hmm. the prophets condemn women in the Old Testament who just build up their material wealth and are lazy and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think the world and the church suffers when single women don't realize that they have so much to offer mm -hmm. in their service, not just of the church, but of the world, of a hurting and broken, desperate world. I think about the gospels, giving the example of Jesus and his disciples, and it mentions the women that followed him and cared and served him. Mm -hmm. It is neat that mm -hmm. Jesus' ministry wouldn't have happened without faithful women yeah. sacrificing and serving and laboring. And I feel like the cultural voice is saying that's degrading. There's no value in that. You should aim higher. You know, we know Jesus' way is if you want to become great, become the least. And mm -hmm. we know that's a lie, mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, it's easier to say that to men in some ways from as a pastor, whereas to say that to women because it's almost, it's just wrapped up in a, you, you know, a demeaning mm -hmm. kind of view of things. Mm -hmm. And um, 
It's, it's, it just, I want to be able to have that conversation. There's so much we miss out on when, men, when women don't see their role as servants. Yes. Mm. I would just say to that, like, that, that, that we do need to have men saying this to women yeah. because yeah. the women are sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and just like the men are sheep, we, yeah. Need, yeah. we still need our, our pastors to, mm-hmm. um, to tell us. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, that's that's helpful. Did you anything you wanted to add to that, Dara? Yeah, I was just saying um, some of the like unique opportunities I've had as a single person, um, and I think there are blessings. Is just that there is, especially within our local church, we have we are surrounded by older women that we can learn from, that we can look up to, that we can imitate, and we see Titus in Titus two verse three. Um, tell the older women to like teach mm-hmm. the younger mm-hmm. women and we see Paul no not Titus Paul says this in Titus and then we also see Paul saying this in 1 Corinthians um, 11 verse 1 where he says be imitators of me as I am of Christ and um, and this is something that me and the girls talk about sometime and how rich it is to be surrounded by so many godly women and just learning different aspects of how to grow and mature as a Christian. And so that's a unique opportunity. And Mm. um, another one is that I have realized that now we have the time right now to know exactly what God's intentions are for us in singleness. And we have the time to start working on like this knowledge. So like with the Bible study and prayers and just knowing what God's will is for us Christians, we can start now and not yeah. like wait till we are married and yes. look back on like single days and say, oh, if I only I learned this, then this would be different. Mm-hmm. And um, another point is that just as you said already, we have relatively more freedom in serving the church and loving and bearing each other's burdens. and. Some examples I thought of is, and I really love when this happens, when one of the families wants like child care for like an evening and they can text one of us and we can be there for them. It makes me so happy like when I am able to be there to like help a family in some way. Yeah, preach it, Dara. (laughs) Yeah, and even when we used to um, volunteer at the One Roof and... At that time, it was mostly single people coming out because it was like 5 p.m. and families have to like have dinner with the children. And it was us like students and single ones coming out and just that opportunity to love and to serve mm-hmm. and even pray um, the majority of us, not to push anyone down, but the majority of us that come for prayers usually are like the single mm-hmm. ones because we don't have that much divided attention and we can invest our time now to be praying for the church and Mm -hmm. praying for one another and praying for the world Mm -hmm. and so these are and i don't think these are very much unique to women i think these also spread out to single men as well Mm -hmm. but i see them also as blessings in a sense Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and such an encouragement to the rest of the body Mm -hmm. so many times like people come to our house for prayer and i'm like oh thank you god i'm trying to put the kids 
down and give them a bath, and I, everybody's filing downstairs, and I'm like, they're keeping the faithful safe. They're down there praying while I'm <laughs> bathing my children and putting them yeah. in bed. One of the things you touched on, and Beck, and you did as well, Dara, is the role of older people, fathers, in shaping the kind of men that their daughters will look to. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important. Look, if you're single, is this the kind of guy that you want your daughter to be with? Right? Are you making, are you just lowering your standard thinking it won't have any impact on it? Yo, it will. This is going to be the kind of guy that your daughter's going to look for. Um, but Dara touched on something, an older women training the younger women. And it's specifically in that passage talking about um, are you respecting their husbands? Mm-hmm. Loving, loving their husbands and children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loving their husbands and children. Basically being a family woman. Mm-hmm. And so many women now, because the the idea of a woman's role being tied in any way, being uniquely tied to the home, to the family, is just flat rejected by most people. Um, a lot of young women, we're, we're a lot of young women in our church, come into motherhood with no idea what's going on as far as what to expect. And so many women have said to me and said to you that I, had, I didn't know what I was getting into. And, and motherhood has always been hard, and it always will be hard, and it's always going to be above and beyond what you can handle. But that's different than having no real understanding of it going into. No real understanding of what it means to relate to your husband as a respectful wife, what it means to care for your children, what it means for how your life is going to change as soon as you have kids, what it means to even just simple things like a schedule. And there's, there's so many... Yeah, there's mm-hmm. so many things I feel a lot of women in our church as 35 and under are actually learning for themselves. Mm-hmm. And whereas in your single years, if you took that time and pursued older women and pursued mentoring, and if older me- women sought intentionally to reach out to younger women to train them in this way, there wouldn't be that, that, that gap. It goes the same for the men, but that's mm-hmm. just something I thought about when you were talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so why don't we, we're, we're kind of coming up to time here, but I thought we could close with, you know, maybe just saying a sentence or two. You don't have to explain it. If there's something you would tell your younger self, I guess, Dara, you are your younger self. Yes. But maybe Rebecca and Carly, yeah. if there's something you would tell your younger self, what would it be? What about you, Carly? What would you tell your younger Um, son? We kind of touched on it earlier, but um, having healthy and right expectations. um, And I kind of think this goes both ways. I remember having really bad expectations in the sense that I wanted all these things that didn't matter. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can also have bad expectations as in low standards for having a godly husband. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. So I'd like to close on that by... Um, suggesting some things to look for as a single lady and considering um, a potential husband. And not that you need to get married, but if guys are coming around and they're reaching out to you, what, what you should what should you be looking for? I find, I don't know if you agree with this, maybe just nod if you agree with this, but I, I find I often have to push back at guys having unrealistic expectations for women or just unbiblical, like they're just wrong. And I have to encourage women, this is, gen- this is generalization, I have to encourage women to have any kind of expectations for guys. 
that I'm more concerned about women making a bad decision with guys, and I'm more concerned about guys never making any decisions with women. Would that be a fair... I'd say that's fair. Mm-hmm. Just generally speaking. Sorry for all the people that don't fit that mold. Yeah, and there's, there's women who have, you know, too high expectations, and there's guys who have none, for yeah. sure. But mm-hmm. So to, to all, the, all the single ladies out there, <laughs> um, one thing to look for in a guy is if a guy is going to be a husband and he is going to take on the responsibility as a husband and potentially a father, he's going to take on that authority as well because those are inseparable. And that means that you need to, um, that does place you in a vulnerable position. It is a risky position to be in. And that risk is a lot greater if a guy is not good at being in authority. And the, it's a very simple way of testing that. Is he good at being under authority? So you look at a man, um, a couple of ways to test this. Is it a guy who's bouncing from job to job with the constant excuse of it was other people's fault? Mm-hmm. Are all of the guys who employ this guy always wrong? Mm-hmm. Maybe they are, but that could be an indication that this guy just does not like working under authority. Is he a member in a local church? Mm-hmm. And, and does he take the initiative to do that? Or does he come up with excuses with the universal church as to why he doesn't have to be a part of a local church. You know, is he one of those, is he like the open relationship kind of guy? You know, like I don't commit to anyone or anything. And it's like, well, you don't like accountability. You don't like authority. Um, is he someone who uh, has good friends? You know, look at, is he just, does he have a lot of buddies? You know, does he have a group of friends that he, he parties with or he does activities with and he jokes with and watches games with or does he have brothers? Mm -hmm. Look for a man who has brothers because brothers are different than buddies. Brothers love you, are honest with you, are accountable and the kind of man who seeks out a brother is one probably is a a faithful friend himself but also desires to be known by others. Um, Is he someone who's a servant? You don't want anyone leading your home who's not a servant. So don't be fooled by charisma and looks and, and smooth talk. Look for someone who is the first in, the last day kind of guy. Is he setting up sound equipment on Sunday? Is he looking around the needs of the church? Uh, or is he kind of just showing up just really nicely and leaving pretty quickly? Um, that's, that's not the kind of guy you want to get with because you're not going to change that kind of guy. The Lord's got to do that. Um, Yeah, so is he under authority? Is he accountable to people? Is he servant-hearted? Does he have brothers and not just buddies? So those are some things to look for um, in a man. I think we've pretty much exhausted this. Can I just end? You can. Recommending a few resources? Oh, I was going to recommend a book, too. Oh. (laughs) I was actually surprised the guys didn't. Great. Um, I read Not Yet Married by Marshall Segal. I actually read it while I was married mm-hmm. and wished I could turn back time mm-hmm. to do singleness and dating better. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. definitely recommend that one. That's great. Um, there's also a book 
I actually would encourage women to read books about men and their responsibilities. One, a really good one, is called The Masculine Mandate. And um, I, forget, I believe it's, his name is Rick Phillips, Richard Phillips, I believe. Uh, but The Masculine Mandate, really good. And it'll, help you, it'll give you a good picture of what to look for. Yes. Thanks for the conversation, uh, ladies. Really appreciate it. Appreciate each of you, and I'm sure women will be encouraged and built up by this. If you have any questions for any future podcasts, you can email myself, Ben, or Rylan at our names at hillcitybaptist.com. Until next time. Bye.